te whanau uh, ki a tau, ki a tātou, e te atu whai me te rangi marie o te atua. This is grace and peace from our God. And it's uh, always a thrill to gather together as a people and pray uh, and worship and meet with him and hear from the word as well. And also, as Sally was saying, it is our gift day. And uh, this is this Sunday and the following Sunday. And uh, it's something that we do periodically as a church twice a year, usually. And as much as good as it does the causes we give to, it actually does a work on us. We actually feel better for it too, because we get reminded again of what are we doing and why are we doing it. And so if you're visiting us this morning, don't worry, we don't talk about money all the time. Actually, we don't talk about it hardly at all. And uh, we use our gift days to think, oh, yes, let's, let's look again at what God says about what we have. And uh, so it's an opportunity to learn more about his heart. So that's where this is coming from today. And I wanted to approach the gift day uh, this morning by getting us to think about uh, about this, about, about this word priesthood, all right? Priesthood. I sometimes think, uh, actually, as I look out today, I, actually, I think, uh, however bad or uncomfortable it may feel here sometimes, and uh, we're about to move from this old hall into the new hall in uh, February, hallelujah. Yes, we can all cheer at that because uh, many of us know how how horrible it is to meet in here sometimes. Uh, when the winter is on, full on, and the wind's blowing through the doors, and you're all miserable and cold, and your feet are like blocks of ice, and uh, it's not good. It is not good. We've had some lousy times here in this hall. Uh, just, just being out there, it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, but just to say, just to say, however bad it is, however bad it has been, spare a thought uh, for the Jews in the Old Testament coming to the temple in Jerusalem to atone for their sin or to atone for some sin. Because I've been looking back at some of the sacrifices and offerings in the Old Testament, and uh, I've been amazed again at how chaotic the temple sacrifices were, how noisy, dust, and lots of blood uh, as you gathered to get to, 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 together as a people. And uh, actually, I've got here a little glimpse. This is a modern-day uh, sheep sacrifice by some Samaritans. It still goes on. Still happens in places, and I, I won't leave it up there for long, so I'll move quickly on from there for those of you who are going, already feeling a bit queasy. Uh, but you saw there, they had their white caps on and white overalls and white gumboots, all very clinical and hygienic, but it's still gory, isn't it? You still catch a sense of the gore that was there. And so way back then, if you had, uh, if you had transgressed a law uh, back then of the Old Testament, then uh, there you were, you had sinned, you had broken a law, you would turn up at the temple in Jerusalem, and uh, you'd be approaching this uh, large structure, but before you even got there, you'd smell it first, all right? You'd smell animals and burnt animals, so barbecue smell. I guess that's not bad. I mean, the South, Afri South Africans are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would have been terrible and chaotic as well. So you'd, you'd come up to the outer courts, you'd buy your sheep or your bird, whatever it was, and you'd kind of manhandle your sheep down with all the others all around you, hundreds of you beside you, into the outer altar court of the temple. So imagine this is the altar, the altar court of the temple. You'd be rustling in thousands or hundreds around you. And there'd be the, the, the dust and the, and the stench and the bleatings and the yellings and a, a scape sheep over there and a bird flying off over there. And, uh, and it would be bloody, I have to say. There would be lots and lots of blood. And you'd be there amongst them all to atone for your particular sin. Smoke in your eyes <laughs> would have been terrible. And, uh, 
And uh, so it's a relief, really, isn't it, to know that we don't have to do that kind of thing, isn't it? Uh, that actually the Bible says that Jesus is the perfect lamb, right? Without sin, without blemish, the perfect lamb of God, who, as Hebrews 9 says, it says, he entered once for all into the holy places to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Wonderful. And by this one sacrifice, Hebrews 10 says, he has made perfect forever those who have been made holy. So it's a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Jesus is our lamb and we are absolutely clean before God. How wonderful. Not just clean from one act of sin or acts of sin, but from sin itself. And now we come freely before his throne of grace. Even as we've been worshipping this morning, we're coming freely into the presence of God. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. No need anymore for lambs or goats or, or priests even to help us sacrifice our sheep. And uh, so we have a lot to celebrate this morning. Now, now, having said all of that, it's interesting that under this new covenant, there is still a priesthood. There is a priesthood, and that priesthood, believe it or not, is us, you and me. We are priests. If you are a follower of Christ, a disciple of Jesus, you're part of his family, you are a priest, believe it or not. That may take some of you by surprise. What? A priest? Me? No. Shock, horror. No, you are a priest. 1 Peter 2 says this, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices well-pleasing to God through Jesus. So, so, so we are priests. And as we can see, we have sacrifices to bring. You have sacrifices to bring. Now, now this is really important. Please get this clear in your heart and in your mind, right? These sacrifices that we are now called to make, these spiritual sacrifices have nothing to do with atonement. Nothing to do with trying to gain forgiveness from God. Right? They're, they're nothing to do with raising our standing before him. Right? Nothing to do with making him love us any more than he does. No, Jesus, we said, is our, our perfect sacrifice. He thoroughly does away with all our sins. So it's not about atonement. So, so what are these sacrifices for that we bring? Well, well, I want to suggest to you that they follow a different tradition of sacrifice than those for atonement. In other words, there's another kind of sacrifice that you'll find in the Old Testament that is brought through into the covenant that we're in now, the new covenant. And these sacrifices, they're not about atonement. They are simply and purely and totally to bless the Lord. Not about atonement, it's about giving pleasure to our God. It's about love and delight. All right? And you'll see this in the Old Testament. One of the best examples of this is what they call the morning and evening sacrifice back in the days of the tabernacle. So every morning, every evening, a one-year-old sheep, a lamb, I should say, was offered as a burnt offering. And with that offering, it says in Exodus 28, it says, 29, it says, the, it was added the finest flour, oil pressed from olives, and alcoholic drink as well, all added in. 
And the point is, is that mixed together, this mixture created, it says in Exodus 29, 38, a pleasing fragrance to God. Right? It wasn't a pleasing fragrance to us, it was for God. A fragrance that God might enjoy and delight in. Now, now fragrances, I know, are funny old things, aren't they? Because they don't actually do anything for you. We don't need fragrance. I guess some would argue the point, but I don't think we really need... I mean, think of your air conditioner, your air for freshener. I mean, some would say we do need it sometimes, air freshener. Um, but air fresheners or shampoo or deodorants or, or soaps, they all carry fragrance. Actually, I'm looking for a particular soap right now, believe it or not, because it carries a particular fragrance. It's called... Honey, what's it called? Honey suckle. This is the kind of fragrance. There's a lovely, sweet smell that you get late at night on a summer's evening. You get that kind of honey suckle smell rising from the honeysuckle trees around the place. And I know it's not a very manly smell. It's not like brute or anything or old spice, but honeysuckle is a fragrance that I really love. And I understand there's a soap out there called honeysuckle soap. So, you know, in the next few weeks, if I walk past you and you catch a waft of honeysuckle, then you know I found the soap. Um, which is totally beside the point. Um, where was I? Sorry. Honeysuckle soap. Yes. Fragrance. We don't need it. The point is it's purely for pleasure. That's the point. That's what I was trying to say. And that's what these sacrifices were for, for God to delight in and enjoy. And, and that's what's going on here. And there are other sacrifices in the Old Testament like that. There was the morning and evening incense offering they also gave for the same purpose, for the fragrance that would please God. And I just want to put it to you that these spiritual sacrifices that Peter is talking about is that kind of sacrifice. They're not to increase our standing before him, but they're for his delight. Now, you may well say at this point, well, hold on a second, Pete. It doesn't really make sense because surely under the new covenant, I don't need to do anything to gain his delight. Because through Jesus, I am now his delight. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He loves me. He delights in me. You're just trying to get me to go back to performance. Well, actually, I'm not. Because it is true that through Jesus, we are his delight. That's absolutely true. He sings over us. We're engraved on the palm of his hands. But, but under the new covenant, he has given us the added privilege of intimacy, whereby we are empowered now to, dare I say it, to, to bless the heart of God by what we do. Not just by who we are, but by what we what we do. You might well think, well, what do you really mean by that? Well, parents here will know exactly what I mean. If you're a parent this morning, you know what it is. You, I want to ask you something. Do you delight in your kids simply because they are your kids? And the answer is, of course, well, yeah, I do. And you do. You love it. You love the kids. You, you, you love them to bits. doesn't matter how badly or good they behave. You delight in them. And, and so you love showing off photos of them on your phone to anybody who will care to look. And you, and you think about them during the day. And you laugh at the funny things they do during the day. The point is that we, we love our kids. And actually, it doesn't matter. But I also know this, that, that when they do anything, how many parents know how that feels when they do something to specifically bless you? Whether it's draw you a picture or give you some flowers or whatever it may be, 
you know it, it, it can warm you, it can affect you. And actually, it doesn't matter how old they are when they actually do, do, do this. They can do it even as adults. If they get your children, they can still do it. I, I still remember uh, several years ago now, uh, I'd been in Australia uh, with the Sydney church. And it was a weekend, long weekend I'm over there and talking with folks and praying and preaching and so on over there. And, and I remember coming back from this long weekend, driving back from Wellington Airport uh, back home around the inlet. And to be honest, I felt really down. I just felt quite a lonely kind of down feeling because actually I knew that what was waiting for me at home was, was darkness because I was living, as it were, on my own because Jolie here was over in England at the time seeing her folks. So, so I knew that I had a very empty, dark house to return to. And I knew also as I was driving, I knew the house was a mess before I went. I knew the lawns needed mowing over the grass. It was just a messy, messy house that I left behind me. And I still remember feeling miserable, sorry for myself, driving into the driveway, and the first thing I remember seeing is that there was a light on in the kitchen. And I thought, well, what's that about? So I, I opened the door, and the first thing that struck me was the smell of grass that had been freshly, <laughs> freshly cut. And I thought, well, well, this is amazing. And I looked up, and I saw through the window, I saw Stacy here in the kitchen and steam rising. And uh, I remember walking down the driveway, opening the door, and, and the smell of a meal, and the house was tidy, and the Sam had been out, and the lawns had been mowed. And I remember thinking, and I was so moved by that. I remember, like, I was almost tearful, really. They didn't know that, but I was like, <laughs> there was such a nice a sense of being blessed. Now, the fact is, before they'd done that, did I love and delight, the, uh, delight in them? Well, of course they did. They're my kids. But listen, was I profoundly affected and blessed by what they did? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it is under the new covenant, this new relationship whereby God has brought us so close. Guys, we now have the capacity, the privilege of blessing the heart of God, not just by who I now am, but by what I do. What I do. And this is wonderful. You see, it doesn't matter how small or unimportant you feel today. And let's face it, the world that we're in can make us feel pretty small sometimes. We can, we can be reduced to a statistic or, or just a face in the crowd. And we can feel pretty down because of the way people treat us sometimes and, and outcast or rejected or miserable or passed over. But hey, under the new covenant, you have the privileged place I've been able to give pleasure to the heart of the God of all creation by what you do. I think it's a wonderful thing. What a wonderful privilege. The fact that you and I, you know, the truth is we may never achieve much in worldly terms. You may never get to be top of the class. You may never win the prize. The career, you may never get to the top of the, top of the rung. We may be those who never stand out. But through Christ, you have been brought near and your actions have the power to give the God of all creation deep pleasure. What you do has eternal value in the heart of God. I think it's a beautiful privilege. And these are the spiritual sacrifices that Peter is talking about. And there are examples of these throughout the whole of the New Testament, actually. So I just want to quickly barrel through a few. This is Romans 12. Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. In other words, how we choose to live. 
how we choose to behave, how we grow in godliness and holiness can be like the morning and evening sacrifice. can bring delight to the heart of God. And Paul literally lived this out if you read the life of Paul. And even as an old man, when Paul is alone and he's in chains and he writes to Timothy, he says this. He writes to Timothy and he says, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. In other words, Paul's saying, look, my life, which I'm about to lay down, I lay down as a fragrant offering for you, Lord. I lay my life down for Jesus as a pleasure to you. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And there are other areas too. So here's another one, Hebrews 13. Through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. In other words, as we meet to praise him, our worship even this morning, as we raised our hands to say, Lord, you're beautiful. We trust in you. And sometimes it's more of a sacrifice than other times, isn't it? Because sometimes we're going through stuff. And there are pressures and there are hurts and there are difficulties. And you know what it's like when you say, no, I am praising you. You are good. You are true. You are merciful. Listen, that is as the morning and evening sacrifice. It is a fragrance to God. Here's another one. Hebrews 13. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. In other words, how we put ourselves out for other people, including them in, inviting them over, hospitality, getting alongside, brings a celebration to the heart of God. You're living as a priest. And of course, as we're now approaching the gift day, Paul mentions another area of spiritual sacrifice, and I love how this is laid out. So, so Philippians 4, Paul says this. He says, I have received full payment, and have more than enough, I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. I just I find that, that beautiful because what you've got is a local church just like us. And the gift day they have, one of the, one of the causes they want to give to is Paul. And Paul's behind bars and maybe his ministry in their eyes isn't being very fruitful right now, but there he is. And so one of their causes is to give to him and to bless him. And it's a beautiful thing. And so they raise the money for the ministry and Paul gives them an insight as to how God sees it. Yeah, Paul appreciates it, but he says God looks on it too. And God says, fragrant offering, acceptable sacrifice, very pleasing. We can touch the heart of God. And this is one of those sacrifices that as new covenant priests, we have the privilege to make. Touches the heart of God. And, and I guess my longing is, as we approach these gift days, is that, is that we would approach them with the same heart, a fragrant offering, pleasing to God. I just don't want to drift into gift days. I know we have them periodically, and sometimes without even thinking about it, you can think, oh, my goodness, another gift day. Uh, yeah, okay, right, well, so what do we do? Okay, and I've got some cash around, maybe. Uh, not really aware of this, but of a groan, possibly. What are the causes? Do I, do I accept them? Or do I think they're good enough or not? Uh, what do I think about them? And I might have something spare I can throw in, possibly, and we kind of drift into a gift day. Well, 
I'm thinking, no, I'm a priest. We are priests. God has given me a place before him whereby I can bless him. So I want to give generously. And I want to, I want to honor him with my faith. I don't want to be held back by fear, but I want to trust him and believe him that he will provide for all that I need. I want to give to him as a fragrant offering. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? But I guess to really understand this, we need to be aware of one other thing, and it's this, right? It's this. And we've touched on it, even as we sang earlier. I didn't realize we'd sing the song we sang last. We need to understand this, that, that, that for all of these sacrifices, it is absolutely appropriate to give to him. It's totally appropriate. And that's simply because of this fact. It's that all that we have and all that we are comes from him in the first place. It comes from him. So you've got passages like Colossians 1. I think of Colossians 1. All things have been created through him and for him. Romans 11. For from him and through him and for him are all things. You were created by him. You're sustained through him. And you were made for him. For him. All that we have is his and, and he sustained us. It is God who enables you to breathe in and out even as I'm speaking to you now. Something because God is sustaining you. He is the author of life. And so our eternal salvation, our life, our being, our breath, our all come from him and was given to us for him. And for his glory. His glory. So, so do I have to bring these sacrifices to God to earn his approval? No. Is it appropriate? Does he deserve it? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, it would be odd and, and ungrateful if we, if we didn't want to give extravagantly, it seems to me. And this is especially so when it comes to how we handle our finances, really, because, because we have it so ingrained in us by our culture that our money is mine. It's mine. I earned it. It's mine. All mine. And we have to protect it and guard it and hoard it and, and spend it on ourselves. It's like, I'll sacrifice and serve in any other way, but don't you touch, touch my cash. It's mine. That's a, that's a cultural way of thinking. That's how we grow up. And yet the reality is, you know what? It's not yours, actually. It's not yours. Looking back in uh, uh, King David's day, back in the Old Testament, you remember when God's people are back in Chronicles? They have a gift day back then to, to raise some money to build the temple. Remember that story? And the amount they give in is the people of God is amazing. They're so generous. And then David prays at the end. He prays this magnificent prayer. David prays. He says, Praise be to you, Lord, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. 
In other words, whatever we give, it's like, God, it's, it's yours anyway. It's all yours. And it's all for you and it's for your glory, for the display of your splendor. And that's how it is. God gives to us generously because he's a generous God. But ultimately, we need to understand it is his. It's given for his glory, for the extension of his kingdom. You know, when I was a small boy, all those many years ago, about four or five or six years old, my parents did to us what many parents do today. It's a good thing, probably. You know, kind of, it's almost the end of the year and Christmas isn't far away. And I remember mum saying to us kids, right, you don't earn anything. We didn't earn any pocket money. She said, right, it's 10 bucks, 10 bucks each. And I want you to buy a present for dad and me. And uh, so we said, yep. So that's what we did. We took her $10 and we went and we bought presents for dad and her. And it's kind of what we do. And it's probably a very good thing for us all to do. And in a funny, distant kind of way, it's kind of what God has done for us. He gives us all we have, gives us all we need. Ultimately, though, it is for him and it's for his glory and it's for his kingdom. And then one year, I remember this. My mum came to us again around about November, December time, Christmas on the way. And uh, she gave us the $10 or the cash as she always did, but she made the mistake of adding something on. She said this, here's $10 to buy a present for dad and me. And then she said, if there is anything left over, you can spend it on yourself. (laughs) And so we did. (laughs) And so Christmas Day comes around and the present that dad gets from me is a comb. (laughs) <laughs> a pencil or something like that. And upstairs I got a magnificent toy made with what was left over. And I cringe at it still when I think about it. But I can't help thinking that this is how we can sometimes handle our own money, actually. Because God has given us everything, even our ability to earn, and actually... He's given it to us for purpose. It was given ultimately to glorify him. Now, again, of course, he's so generous. He says, yes, enjoy a bit too. But ultimately, it was always for him, the extension of his kingdom for the display of his splendor. It was always his, never to be hoarded or clung onto or cast upon or claimed as our own. No, no, eager to be given as the morning and the evening sacrifice. That's why it was given, a fragrant offering and pleasing to God. And that's what this gift day is really about. It's about that. We are priests. It's about glorifying him through our love. So I want to just give us, as a priest, I want to to just say again, I I want to give as a fragrant offering So by example, Julie and I will do the same thing we do every time. We talk about it and then we pray about it. And for Julie and I, it is a question of we want to give. I want to just be transparent. We want to give. We won't be giving hundreds. We will be giving thousands. Not to show off, please, but to show you by example. We do what we preach. We want to give as a blessing to God. We want to give as a fragrance for his heart. We want to give as priests. Now today we've got three causes, we mentioned them anyway before. Kōrōwai, of course, is a, is a church camp, we've talked about this. And it's expensive because we're in a new area, it's a new venue, 
But we're believing God to meet with us as a people and, and to work through us, actually, to affect far beyond us. But we know it's expensive. We know that many folks won't be able to make that. So we want to give as a church, a, we, want to, we want to have to give a, a subsidy so that it becomes attainable. So that's one of the causes. Second cause, of course, we've talked about is the kids' ministry, how wonderful that is. Children are encountering God. We want them to be those who, who also influence their, their school friends and their, and their unsaved families. We know it's a great cause. And then lastly, I mentioned last week, we've got the cultures ministry, which is where we want to see many cultures. We know what Sam is doing has been so helpful, but we want to see uh, Maori classes also launch from our office next year if we can. Wouldn't that be great? We know that it's oversubscribed. People are wanting to come and learn. We know that in our offices we could pack it out with unsaved people, actually, wanting to learn but being influenced by what we do. We think what a wonderful opportunity. So that's our, our third course. The point is, it's, it's all about how we approach it, isn't it? I don't want to drift into this gift day. I don't want to clock up another gift day. I don't want to traditionally ease into it. No, I want to come as a fresh, fresh sacrifice. I, I trust that you would love to do the same. So can we stand, please, just now where we are? Let's stand. And there'll be opportunity today and next Sunday. So this is what we're doing. We're taking time out. Not just this Sunday, but the next. Because we know some people aren't here and they want the opportunity to give. So that's fine. It's the only reason why we do that. But it's all about the why, isn't it? So just where we stand right now, can I just ask you just to forget about the person next to you? Let's just come before God as priests to the one who blesses, the one who gives us life. Actually, we sang it earlier, the breath in our lungs to praise his name. So, Father, we stand before you now. We say, Lord Jesus, you are wonderful. You are precious. We don't want this to be just a thing that we do twice a year. We want it to be an act of worship. Father, we want it to be as the morning and the evening sacrifice. We want it to bless your heart, knowing that it all comes from you anyway. We want to come thanking you, Father, that you have blessed us so much with the ability to earn. You overwhelmed us with homes and places to live in and jobs. We say thank you, Lord. That's grace. That's your generosity. Father, in response, we simply want to say thank you that you've brought us so close to you that we can sacrificially give in a way that blesses your heart. And so, Father, I just pray that by your Spirit you would stir us now. And Lord, where we intended to bring something, but now we're kind of thinking, well, I, I want to go away and pray about this further. Then Lord, bless us. Help us to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. We say, Lord, would you be glorified? Would you be honoured? Would you be pleased, not just with who we are, oh, thank you, Lord, but also by what we do and the heart with which we do it. In Jesus' name, we want to worship you 
through these gift days, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I know that some of you will have approached this day thinking, I've already got it planned. I know what I want to give. Well, we've got the red box here down the front. If that's you, then what we're going to do, we're going to sing one last song, and then we're going to close, and then there'll be a lunch afterwards. Wonderful. I'm going to just ask you to fairly quickly make your way through that door out to the outside. It's quite fine. should be sun shining out there now. 20 degrees today, apparently. Just to make your way out there. But as you do, and you know you've, you've prepared to give, you want to give something today, there's the box. Just swing by, pop something in. But if you're thinking, well, I was going to, or, or even I didn't even think about it, then you've got a week, really, to do that if you want to. Just to say, God, what, what would you like me to give? I want to bless you. Then just take the opportunity of the next several days so that next Sunday we'll have the red box there again and you can pop it in there. All right, so that's the plan. Is that all right? That's the plan. But it is worship. So we're going to finish with a song because it's bigger than cash, actually. It's our lives. Paul says, I lay my life down for you. So we're going to just sing this last song as an act of worship to Jesus. What a beautiful name he has. What a powerful name he has. And as you sing it, say, Lord, I give my life to you. You are all that I am and all that I have. Can we sing it? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic.